You know, like most people who are lucky enough to reach their 50s, there are certain experiences I have had. I have been cheated. I have been beat both emotionally and physically. And I've had my heart broke. I think everyone should have their heart broke at least once. It sort of breaks through your defenses. It makes you vulnerable enough to recognize the person or the path or the endeavor that may be able to put it back together. A broken heart is like a piece of tenderized meat that is more able to absorb the spices. Spices that can transform a piece of meat into an experience. Sometimes a broken heart strips you down just so you are able to recognize the one who is going to nurse it back to health, the one who was the one who was supposed to be the one all along, you just hadn't met her yet. That's what it did for me. I have been alone, I've been lonely, I have been scared, I have been sad, but I don't think there is a worse feeling, as far as I'm concerned, a worse feeling than the feeling of resenting the young for their youth. And this is a new one for me, this particular resentment. And trust me, I've tried on a few resentments in my time. But this one, this one hit me like a ton of bricks. The only emotion or feeling uglier than jealousy is the jealousy you have towards others for something as simple as their being. Not for what they have accomplished or who their lover is or the opportunities they've been given. Jealous only because they exist. Time has a way of making you sit up and take notice. Your youth is done with you long before you are done with your youth. I don't think it's some abstract idea of youth and all that entails or the memory of younger days that is so hard to let go of, to lay to rest, to move past. I think, for me at least, I think it's the life you had imagined for yourself when you were younger. If you ever allowed yourself to imagine a life in the future, which I know is a luxury that many do not have. The luxury of spending time, even a moment, on planning for, pining after some future life. I didn't just allow myself to imagine a future life. I forced myself to imagine a future life. And when your future life does arrive, as it will, no matter how wonderful it is, how grateful you are for it, if it is not what you had imagined, it is a bear putting your youth the feeling of not being the age you find yourself being out to pasture. We get older, but our wants and desires often stay the same age. Not being able to let go of the life you had imagined keeps you in a place. I had imagined life. I had it all planned out, right down to the responses I would give to the questions asked at the many interviews that were going to be expected of me. The rewriting and writing of the different speeches I would be asked to give. I often rehearsed this kind of feigned humility upon being asked for my autograph. Something, something that has yet to ever happen to me. The life I had imagined in the broadest strokes possible went something like this. I'd leave Indiana and head for Los Angeles. 
after some time, the approximate length which continually increased as the years slipped by, I would begin to work regularly in the film and television industry as a guest star or a day player. Eventually, my talent would be recognized and I would catapult to stardom after a breakout performance on a television drama. I would thrive in comedy. I would thrive in comedy, but after a time, I would shock the critics and win an Oscar for a highly acclaimed dramatic turn. I would, logically, move into writing and directing and eventually focus more of my time on political pursuits, which around the age of 40 would lead me to the leadership of a union or a public policy organization or a nonprofit, which would begin a political career and the second half of my life. That's really where the imaginings stopped. I never really thought about that second half of life. I, I guess I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself. I did want to leave a little something to chance. Hell, in all honesty, I really never thought I was going to make it to 40 anyway. So everything after that is a fringe benefit. And truth be told, I got the first part right. I left Indiana for L.A., and yes, I, I did get some work in film and television, never enough to be seen, let alone for any talent that I may have had to be recognized. After 22 years of living in L.A., I returned to Indiana, not as the conquering hero of my imaginings, but just as some guy that happened not to live in Indiana for two decades, some guy who left but eventually found his way back. Some guy who didn't stay gone. Maybe even needing the embrace of the familiar, even if that particular familiar had always made you uncomfortable, ill at ease, at least you recognized the familiar. You knew where everything was, so you came back. So really nothing, nothing went according to plan or my plan or as I had hoped for, or as I had imagined. And maybe what I got now is so much better than what I had imagined. It is, trust me. But it is still not what I had held on to for so long. I knew my hopes and dreams better than I knew myself. That kind of intimacy is hard to let go of. Even when you no longer have the same hopes or dreams, the old ones stick in your imagination like a hard-to-reach cobweb. It's not that you haven't let go, it's that they haven't left. They cloud your perspective like a glaucoma of the mind's eye. They make it hard to see where you are and who you are right now. The old imaginings keep a part of you stuck in a place that you only need a mirror to know you are no longer at. A place where those imaginings first were created, rehearsed, possible. Your youth. That's where this Fleeting feelings of resentment of youth come from, I think, from that unreachable cobweb of the memories of the life that I had imagined. Change is hard, it's true, but really change itself isn't hard as it's happening in the moment. It's only hard because when it's happening, we are constantly thinking about the displaced plans we had so carefully, painstakingly laid.
Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Indie Angeles Boyhood. I am Jesse Bob Harper. Here I tell stories of having been born and raised in Indiana, but feeling as if I really grew up in Los Angeles. I am coming to you today from an undisclosed basement in Valparaiso, Indiana. We have been on a bit of a hiatus for the last few months. We haven't recorded or published any new episodes of the podcast, so hopefully you uh, have been patient and are willing to come back and listen. Today, as I have in the past, I'll be talking to one of my best friends from my time in Los Angeles, Mr. Patrick Reddy. We spent a lot of time together living and working and hanging out and uh, just experiencing the city of Los Angeles as it was in the early 90s and early 2000s. We covered a lot of the same ground together, so it's always fun to talk to him uh, about our experiences in Los Angeles, our experiences growing up in Los Angeles. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, I would hope you would subscribe to the podcast. You would review it. If you have any questions, you can always email me at jessebobharper at gmail.com and I will respond. Or if you have an idea for a show, if you want me to go back and touch on something that we have in the past, we will also do that. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. See if he's ready. Hey, it's Patrick. Can you Wait. leave me a message? And I'll get back to you. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Patrick, I'm just going to record this episode without you. All right? Yes, this is Indie Angelus Boyhood. How may I assist you? Dude, can you hear me? Life is not my own these days, dude. My phone is uh, my phone is a beast. <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, same old, dude. How about you, man? Dude, I have the distinct pleasure of letting you know you have the distinct honor of having been having appeared on Indie Angela's Boyhood almost as many times as my mom and my old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored, dude. I'm in good company. <laughs> dude, I wish I could get other people from L.A., but I didn't hang out with anyone as much as I hung out with you, and <laughs> no one I worked with at the hotel speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I come from an English-speaking country. <laughs> What's going on, man? What Are you Are you driving? No, I'm in my car, dude, because I actually, I, I, um, I am at home, but I, this, I, I'm like, you know, Scythe has a friend over. And I'm just, you know, I know there's going to be interference. I'm like, you know what? Better be in the car with, a, you know, uninterrupted. That's all. So. Holy cow. Indie Angela's <laughs> boyhood rates you going out to the car to get into a little <laughs> studio space. That is exactly. awesome, man. We are yeah, moving so up in the world. It, hopefully this sounds a little better this time. <laughs> sounds awesome, man. What kind of car are you in? Oh, I'm still jetting in my, uh, my glamorous Prius. <laughs> Those are that's from the Uber days, man. 
Exactly, dude. That's why it has 300,000 miles on it. <laughs> you know, it's funny, dude. It's funny that I mentioned Uber, and I'll tell you why. And I think people that, if there's anyone who's listened to more than one episode, which there probably isn't many, okay? So I feel like every time I talk to you, I have to say, okay, this is Patrick. Patrick and I hung out for 20 years in Los Angeles. But that it's amazing that how many different, and I know everybody does this when they're in LA, but when you actually experience it and have friends who do it, how many different jobs you and I had and all the way, all the way up until when Uber came out. I mean, you were an Uber driver, man. And, and I mean, we were both, you know, I was a bellman. You were a valet at the Beverly Hills hotel. Like, I mean, the, the, the best place you can be a valet at, right? You worked in the... You were a limo driver, dude. You know, driving Robert Duvall and Tony Bennett. (laughs) And dude, it's so funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about that the other day because I can't remember if it was Dina, my wife, who asked me. Someone asked me, like, you know, it wasn't a cool... And I was like, you know, even these people who you think are cool, they don't really fucking talk to you. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, you, you you have the idea that they're cool, but like when they're in a limo, you're thinking, oh yeah, this guy's an everyman. He's going to really be into talking to me. He's going to want to know how I'm doing and how I see life. They didn't, they didn't fucking care. <laughs> right? I mean, it's I just saw like... I a lot at the hotel. At the hotel oh, dude, exactly the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking, man, and I was just talking not too long ago and and writing a little bit about, you know, when I come out to L.A. and and unfortunately, because of the COVID, man, I haven't been out, I think, in a year, year and a half or or more. It is two years. It's almost two years. Yeah, two years, man. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because the last time I was out, yeah, the last time I was out, we went to that. We went to that yeah. club that shall remain nameless. <laughs> the reason being, I don't want it to be packed the next time I'm in town, right? I want us to be able to get you in. You want to be able to get in there. I know. And we barely got in because the dorm is like, who are these two old fuckers? Oh, my exactly. God. <laughs> he probably felt sorry for us. He's like, these guys can't do any damage. Let them in. Let them up. So it's been two years, but... And I don't know if it, this this is the way it is with anyone who returns to a place that they lived in for a long time, but I always get really melancholy when I come out and see the changes of the city, man. Do you ever do you ever experience that when you're driving around, dude? Well, not too much because obviously I still live here. But, right. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not in Hollywood as much as I used to be. Um, so for me, it's more. It's not melancholy more than just reminiscing. And honestly, I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you, but obviously you and I spent so much time in Hollywood that, you know, you always come to mind. And right. <laughs> good memories. But, <laughs> you know, different places remind me of different things, you know. It's, <laughs> it's But so much of it has changed, though, right? It's I mean, a lot, for sure. I mean, it really has. I mean, Hollywood is still different. I mean, Hollywood just the amount of the amount of development crazy money in there it's so different <laughs> i mean <laughs> you remember off where i lived off franklin and Coanga. that used to be so rough i mean dude it's it's all gentrified it's you know really yeah 
Yeah, it's improved a lot. Very expensive. Oh, dude, that oh, was so expensive, dude. Dude, that was so dodgy where you lived. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, there were crack dealers and, you know, God knows what down the street, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that, I, and I don't, you know, I, I can't really, and I was thinking about it and talking about it to Dina. I can't put my finger on why it it's, makes me feel so melancholy because every place changes, right? I mean, the, you know, gentrification happens even in the smallest of towns, right, dude? I mean, either a town dies or it changes, right? I mean, that's just yeah. the way yeah. it is. And, you know, this town, Valparaiso, Indiana, dude, from when I grew up to now, I mean, dude, it's unrecognizable, right? I mean, it's just okay. the way it is. But it doesn't make me melancholy the way L.A. does, you know? And I can't figure out exactly why that is you know so many of the places that we hung out at are just completely either gone or completely changed and part of the thing is dude is that like i want to stand up and tell people hey patrick and i hung out here man (laughs) there should be a plaque i mean there should be something here to to signify that we spent a hell of a lot of money and time in this joint (laughs) I mean, I think, you know what, I would say part of the melancholy comes more from the, the, the actual, you know, the recollection and the experience than the actual place. Right, I mean, right. we had some good times, and, you know, I associate it with that more than, more than anything. And I think also you have to factor in, you know, we, we started that in our 20s, you know, in our, you know, early to mid 20s I mean, early 20s early 20s good man. times man yeah. you know anything goes i mean you know, those, <laughs> the, the world was uh, our oyster so we thought you know what i mean everything was shiny and brand new <laughs> yeah you know, patrick had uh, a had a renault convertible <laughs> that's right that's right i can still i can still see myself Driving on the freeway to Pasadena to see Leah, okay, and listening to, uh, who was it? Blind Melon. Oh. Okay, that had a hit. <laughs> <laughs> and that top, dude, that top was down. I, I think the top was only up a couple of times a year. Like, whenever it rained, I put up the top. Otherwise, it was always down. <laughs> oh, my God. That oh was such God. a great car, man. Uh, <laughs> It was a great car, but it was a piece of crap. It broke down so much, dude. <laughs> but that that's, you know, it's so funny. And I don't know, dude, if I still lived in L.A., right? And I don't know if I experienced that when I was still living there. Because, like, dude, even when I was living there, you know, my last year was spent in North Hollywood, the one place I said I would never live, right? That Dude, North Hollywood changed. So much. Oh, it's it's complete. I mean, it was so changing different. when I was living there, right before I moved. You know, it's insane. It is so expensive. There's it's so much development. You wouldn't recognize it. And that it's was crazy. the place that no one wanted to live, right? You you spent yeah, six months the, there. Remember yeah. the bank robbery back in the early nineties? Yeah. Nobody would go there. Yeah. And and I never really experienced the melancholy why I was living there, even though there was huge changes going on in Hollywood and everything. It's only when I think you leave and come back. Right. And you're like, I don't know if you feel like you left a part of yourself in that city. I don't know what it is, you know, that, that, uh, as much as I love coming back and seeing the city, 
I always feel this bit of melancholy and I don't know if it's like a second guessing oh should I have left or you know I don't know what it is man it's it, it really blows me away when I'm there yeah I mean I have a love-hate relationship with the city so oh yeah um, I think we always me. did we always did yeah absolutely and that's why I think you know I, I would I would hazard a guess that it would be the same for me if I left. I'd be like, you know, when I, if I if I came back to visit, it would be the same way because you know there are a lot of really great things about it. You know, it's, you know, there's the, the pros and the cons. Right. And you know, I think you know, obviously, we tend to you know think more, reflect more on the positive. I think than the negative. You know, when you're looking back. Um. So that probably lends to that melancholy. I don't know. But, it would I mean, be interesting. Not, not that it weren't good times, but you know, right. It, it would wasn't be interesting. <laughs> no, it wasn't, man. <laughs> it would be interesting to see because now you have a daughter who grew up in LA, right? I mean, she is yeah. she's a hell of a lot more LA than you and I ever were, right? I mean, because she grew up absolutely. there, you know. So it would be yeah. interesting to see how she sees the city, right? I mean, does she? I, I would imagine Sive, who's your daughter, doesn't even really care about the changes, right? Or doesn't even recognize the changes as like we do, right? Like, you know. No, um, no I, I, I agree. It's, I, it's, agree. I mean, it, maybe it's because she's still a teenager, too. But I think, you know, it's, you know, when you grow up here, you take stuff for granted, you know. Right. Even, even the climate, you know. Right. <laughs> so I, so I, Dude, we were driving to Dublin when we were back in Ireland recently, and it was pouring. And I'm talking, it was so heavy, I could barely see out of the car on the motorway, okay? I'm serious. And Sive was like, Dad, this is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you can stay here. <laughs> it was like that all the time. And, you know, the weather here in California is just absolutely, I mean, it still blows my mind. I was talking to a client this morning, literally, okay? I'm at a building, it's blue skies, it's, I don't know, 70 degrees. And I'm just saying, I'm here 30 years, and it just still, still blows my mind. The climate's just amazing. So, you know, that would be tough, Jesse. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. There's a lot, you know. And, and then, obviously, you know, this you know, hey man, you know, the business, you know, right. that, 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 you know, it's a powerful thing, you know? And yeah, I think it, you just, you just hit it, man, is that even when we were on the outside looking in or we were involved in it in just some sort of tangential way, because we were often involved in it in some tangential way, you know, or we were involved yeah. in it even when you were even involved in it full bore and you were doing something or working on a production or, you know, that has such a powerful lure to it, man. I mean, it's just, Absolutely. It, it it, it's just amazing, man. And, and cause I still think at any time, you know, um, you can turn around and find yourself working on a production if you want to be right. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. and especially now and because it's come full circle where now they're shooting and producing so much more stuff in LA. Oh my God, man. It's, it's, it's so different, Jesse. I mean, the amount of production, you know, you just look, firstly, you look on the outside at the amount of content that is needed right now. Okay? Right. Right. 
And then, you, you know, all this production came back and, and COVID really solidified that. Okay. You would not believe how much production is going on here. Santa Clarita, the vast majority of the industrial building in Santa Clarita. Once upon a time, it was just Santa Clarita Studios and nobody would ever think about going out there. Most of the industrial buildings out there are, are leased for stages. It's unbelievable. No okay? kidding. There are stages all over the valley. It is absolutely booming. So the amount of work, you know, the possibilities for work. Are, so, I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's significant competition, but I'm telling you, the amount of opportunities for work here are huge, huge. It's different, different. It really is, and it's such a it's such a draw, man. And it's it's you know, on yeah. one hand, it's like everything else with L.A., right? You know, there's so much duality with it. On one hand, it's what I love so much about it, right? On the other hand, it's what I hated so much about it, right? Because you know, on one hand, you could say, man, at any time, at any moment, I could fall ass backwards into a production, or I could have an audition, or whatever. On the other hand, you could see all this production that you're not involved in, right? <laughs> it's just like it, it, it's, this duality, it either drives you crazy or you just learn to live with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I think, <laughs> you know. It reminds me of you reading Premiere Magazine, dude. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, don't read that crap. You're making yourself crazy. Man, that's, that's you just dated <laughs> ourselves, man. You just dated us. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I don't, I don't think it's existed for twenty years, dude. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but that's true. I can't, but I do, I do remember specifically you saying that, dude. Don't read that, right? I mean, it's just going to create nothing but resentment, right? And you were absolutely right. I mean, I remember you saying that. You know, I don't read, I don't read that stuff, Jesse. <laughs> You just want to work on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, brother, I'm going to take off, man. I love talking with you. I appreciate you being on the show. I'm going to be out in a couple Later. months in March, and uh, I can't wait till we can hang out at the club with that shell remain nameless. Exactly. I miss hanging out with you, man. Trust me. I, I do too, man. And tell Sive I said <laughs> hi. I mean, I, will. I don't want to just okay. uh, reminisce about good times, but I will say this. I don't mind when we do because, man, they were a blast, brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a group show coming up pretty soon. It'll be you, me, Goldberg, and Elm. <laughs> And, and Antonio. Oh, no. no It'll be like a UFC. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. I'll give you a call later. Take care, guys. All right, brother. Bye. 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 Bye.